You're tuned in to the thinking Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Featuring author, speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. Hi, this is Martin Luther King III, and you're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio host Michael Nimmons. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemens. If you're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. Guys, we are so excited to be bringing you another brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. This is part two of our Black History Leaders Masterclass featuring global activist uh, Martin Luther King III. And I'm just so very excited to be bringing you part two of this amazing interview that I had with this great man. Um, If you missed part one, uh, you can go to our website or anywhere you listen to your podcast to uh, listen to part one of our interview with Martin Luther King III. MichaelNimmons.com has all of our uh, archived episodes there. You just click the Thinking Out Loud radio show button and uh, take you right to our podcast page where you can listen to all of our 200 or so episodes that we've done almost four years into uh, doing the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We want to take a minute and welcome all of our new uh, listeners to our podcast. We truly appreciate it. Uh, if you are, <clears throat> are just listening for the first time, this is a Thinking Out Loud radio show where we talk politics, we talk race, religion, popular culture, and much more. We welcome you to uh, subscribe to the podcast. It comes on every Tuesday at 8 p.m. and then we go live at 9.30 on Instagram for uh, a show where we uh, get your feedback and engage with our listeners and get your comments and feedback about possible topics for the show uh, and you know and more so uh, we're, we're going live uh, in just a in just a little bit once this podcast concludes at uh, 9:30 on our Instagram page follow us at TOL radio host MSN so you don't miss out on all of the fun. 
Uh, if you've been following us on Instagram, we have been uh, doing the 28 Days of Black History, where we are celebrating not just black history makers, uh, you know, of whose shoulders that we stand on, but we are celebrating those individuals uh, who we have been blessed to interview uh, during the four years that we have been doing the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I just want to give them all a shout out. We're on day 23, day 23. We started with Marcia L. Dyson, uh, comedian Griff uh, was number two. Number three is Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Rochelle Riley. Uh, number four is all pro running, all pro wide receiver Derek Mason. Number five is Emmy Award winning journalist Carolyn Clifford. Uh, you know him. Number six, uh, uh, iconic radio legend John Mason. You know him as Mason. Number seven is uh, Rexy Rowe. She is the vice president and general counsel of Western Air. Uh, iconic uh, photographer for the stars. Number nine, Monica Morgan. Uh, number 10 is uh, intellectual luminary uh, and professor Dr. Peniel Joseph, author of The Sword and the Shield. Uh, number 11 is the first mayor of East Point. Uh, first black mayor uh, of East Point, Mayor Monique Owens. Number 12 is my good friend, CEO Kirk Mays of Forgotten Harvest. Number 13 is criminologist and professor Dr. J Jennifer Cobina, author of Hands Up, Don't Shoot. Number 14 is pastor and intellectual luminary Frederick Douglass Haynes III. Um, number 15 is radio legend and Detroit Praise Network director Randy Miles. Number 16 is the first black lieutenant governor of the state of Michigan, Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist. Number 17 is media guru Pam Perry. Number 18 is my good friend, Sheriff Wayne County Sheriff Ray Washington. Number 19 is best-selling author Sylvia Hubbard Hutula. Number 20 is artistic director Anthony White of the Detroit Youth Choir uh, doing some great things. Hopefully we'll be able to have him on the show again in just a little bit. Number 21 is CHH artist Ty Scott King. Number 22 is Dr. Eddie Connor, uh, best-selling author, professor, speaker. Uh, number 23, which is today, is Council President Brenda Jones, Detroit City Council President, distinguished leader and political politician, uh, Council President Brenda Jones. So these are the 23 that we have so far in our 28 days of black history, celebrating not just the black history makers of whose shoulders we stand on, but those black history makers of whom we had the, the, the pleasure and the privilege to interview on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Guys, you just don't know who I'm going to be interviewing next. Our guests just keep getting better and better and better. If you thought February was dynamic, I mean, we've had DJ O'Trey, Mouthpiece, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Martin, well, Martin the King III uh, this month. Next month, Women's History Month is going to be absolutely phenomenal. We've got some great, great guests in store 
as well. So you need to continue to keep listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show because, again, our guests just keep getting better and better and better. Do me a favor. While you're listening, just hit the subscribe button on the podcast. That way uh, you don't have to miss, you won't miss an episode of the Thinking Out Loud radio show because, again, our guests just keep getting better and better and better. You've heard the commercial where we say we bring you the best minds, giving you their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Again, we are very excited about our interview on tonight with global advocate Martin Luther King III. During tonight's interview, he's going to be talking about uh, his daughter, his grand, his, his daughter rather, Yolanda, who is uh, 12 years old, I believe, and very optimistic uh, young young lady, articulate young lady, who spoke at the uh, 57th anniversary of the March on Washington. Uh, she's she is um, walking in the footsteps of her iconic. Uh, uh, grandfather, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and he shares with you us uh, some insights about her and some of her thoughts about the future, as well as his thoughts and uh, and his hope and optimism about the future of this country as well. So, guys, um, this is an interview you don't want to miss, and I can't wait to share part two with you in just a few minutes. And what we're going to be doing for those listeners who are first timers, uh, we we have um, in in the first segment, we're just uh, giving you kind of a synopsis of or a summary of what uh, last week's uh, interview uh, was. But again, you can always go back and hear the entire uh, first part of that interview anywhere you listen to any and everywhere you listen to your podcast, including Audible. Audible. That's right, guys. Our show is now available on Audible. So you already have an account with them. All you have to do is do a search uh, for the Thinking Out Loud radio show. You got to make sure you do. You put in Thinking Out Loud radio show, uh, the entire uh, title, and it will come up. And you just hit the subscribe button, and there you won't miss an episode of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And when you do. Um, uh, you will uh, be able to listen to part one of our interview uh, in its entirety with Martin Luther King III. <clears throat> but um, we have uh, done uh, we've done a little editing for you uh, and summarizing for you in in, in the first uh, the first segment of uh, of the interview to kind of give you an idea of what uh, part one was about and what he talked about and then in part two in segment two and three it is just the uh, the um, <clears throat> the rest of the interview for part two so just kind of giving you a heads up on what you're going to hear here uh, on the other side of our first break when we go into our interview with Martin Luther King III. Also, as we commemorate the anniversary of the assassination of Malcolm X, uh, I believe it was 57 years ago when uh, this iconic leader of the black Muslims was assassinated at the Audubon Ballroom in Harlem, New York, and I was watching uh, Malcolm X, was watching X on Sunday, and uh, just watching how 
actor Denzel Washington just masterfully portrayed uh, this iconic leader uh, during that uh, uh, during the movie X and I posted on uh, my Instagram sitting here watching Malcolm X on television tonight and it just reminds us of what a masterful job that actor Denzel Washington did in portraying this African American icon we truly miss Malcolm's brilliance and his eloquence as he spoke truth to power we celebrate his authenticity and his consciousness on the day his life was taken rest in peace Malcolm X black history maker thinking out loud uh, guys I just uh, again as we commemorate and and, uh, and acknowledge the uh, passing the uh, tragic assassination of this iconic leader on tonight we're going to be sharing with you the eulogy that uh, famed actor, black actor Ozzie Davis gave during uh, Malcolm X's eulogy or his funeral uh, 57 years ago. Powerful, powerful eulogy speaking well of this great leader. Uh, just wanted to share uh, an excerpt of that with you during tonight's start of the week. So uh, that's coming up in the end of tonight's show. Remember, after tonight's podcast is not over, we're going live on Instagram to discuss the interview and even our next guest as well. Plus, I want to talk a little bit about some of the black movies that have come out this month. You know, uh, I've always felt like uh, the, the that, you know, uh, the month of February, uh, you know, really should be not just a celebration of uh, black history, but also black cinema. And um, we have definitely had some great movies come out this month. And I want to talk about a couple of them in particular. One Night in Miami, uh, directed by uh, uh, famed producer and director Regina King, actress Regina King, as well as, uh, guys, this powerful movie, Judas and the Black Messiah. I want to talk a little bit about that and get your thoughts about those two movies doing tonight's after show. Uh, speaking of after show, guys, we had a great time last week uh, during our after show talking about uh, Martin Luther King III's interview on uh, the Thinking Out Loud radio show. A good friend of mine, Jakar Amory, hopped on the live, and I just want to share a little bit of that exchange that we had uh, briefly uh, during tonight's show. Uh, take a listen. Jakar, what's up, my man? My good brother, how you doing, man? Wow, I'm glad to I'm glad to hear from you, man. Yeah, man. Listen, I've kind of been um, un- under a rock, so to speak, but finishing up uh, my studies and preparing for grad school and all of those good kinds of things. So it's been quite the ride, but uh, <laughs> but uh, we are yet keeping our head above water and making a wave when we can. Listen, man, I. I, I, I I just have to celebrate you for a moment because you're doing extraordinary work. Uh, and, and I think that all of the individuals that you have brought in over the last couple of days, uh, in the last couple of weeks, no doubt, man, you, 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 uh, you breaking records, doc. I mean, wow. you're really doing something, man. I mean, you got Dr. Uh, 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 Dr. King, the third man, and, uh, the Reverend Haynes and, I mean, you 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 bringing in all the heavyweights, man. So I I just have to congratulate and celebrate you. 
and this moment because because that's really really exciting. Wow! Really and, exciting. And tell me, tell me about it, man. I'm pinching myself because um, in interviewing Martin Luther King the uh, Third, it was almost like I was talking to Dr. King because uh, I'm sitting there and um, and just in awe of of him. Of course, because of uh, who his iconic father uh, is and was, and uh, and just going through a lot of things going through my mind as I'm as I'm talking to uh, this 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 giant of a figure, uh, Martin Luther King III. Uh, those that are joining us, man, I, I'm so happy that uh, that you're joining us. If you uh, haven't uh, had a chance to check out our podcast, the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We encourage you to do so. Uh, I'm telling you, you just don't know who we're talking, who we're going to be talking to next. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I guarantee you the, the guests are getting better and better and better. You thought February was, uh, was, was awesome. March is going to be crazy. I'm telling you. Uh, good to see you, Dr. Uh, Jenkins and uh, and uh, everybody that's coming on, uh, I really truly appreciate it. Congrat! Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Subscribe to the podcast. It's available everywhere. You are. Uh, you can listen to podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're now available on Amazon Audible. Can you believe that? Audible. If you are a subscriber to Audible, you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. I uh, just want to take a few minutes to address those who are, are coming on. And again, my brother uh, Jakar Amory is on with me and we're just chopping it up, talking about uh, my interview with Martin Luther King III. Guys, we just uh, uh, played part, part one of our interview. We're calling it Black History Leaders Masterclass featuring Global advocate Martin Luther King. So guys, there you have it. You got to join us for our after show uh, live on Instagram. And the reason we do it just for those who are listening for the first time is just to give you uh, the listeners of the Thinking Out Loud radio show an opportunity to uh, give us your feedback and comments about the show. Even give us some recommendations for new guests and uh, any topics that you want us to discuss during the show uh, because this podcast is pre-recorded and it's not done live. Uh, everything is edited, so we don't really have an opportunity outside of our social media to engage our listeners. So we thought we would add this as a uh, piece to what we do on Tuesdays uh, at, at 9.30. So we're on for about a half an hour, 45 minutes or so. So we look forward to talking to you in just a few minutes. Once the podcast is over at 9.30, you got to follow us on Instagram at TOL Radio Host MSN and there you'll be able to hear uh, and to be able to chime in uh, about uh, anything that you've heard on the show or anything you want to share with us as the host of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. 
And guys, also remember to subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio, uh, Think Out Loud, not just radio show, but TV show. That's right, guys. We have a YouTube channel where we're uploading exclusive content from our interviews with our celebrity guests, with our guests, period. You don't have to be a celebrity to be on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We just happen to have a few of them uh, that we have been interviewing, but we interview everybody, and you all are welcome right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. But again, Thinking Out Loud TV is our YouTube channel, and we encourage you to check it out to see what we have going on, see who we're talking to next, and get exclusive content that you can only find right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Go there right now and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're at 510 subscribers. Our goal this year is to get to 1,000 subscribers. Help us do that today, guys. Go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. Well, we're getting ready to take our first break of the night. But when we come back, we're jumping right into back into part two of our interview with global advocate Martin Luther King III. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Maya Nemes, and I want you to listen to my dad, Michael Nemes, on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m., available everywhere you listen to your podcast. And now, available on the Detroit Praise Network website. You better listen to that little girl. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Stephanie D. Sanders, award-winning singer, songwriter, author, voiceover artist, and more. Heard on shows like the Tom Joyner Morning Show and the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Book Stephanie D. Sanders to voice over your podcast or radio intros or commercials. Do yourself a favor and visit stephaniedsanders.com and upgrade your podcast or radio show by booking Stephanie D. Sanders. You'll definitely be glad that you did. Good friend of ours, iconic, legendary radio host right here in Detroit, John Mason. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you, Pastor Michael, man. Head <laughs> out of a cloud and always listen to Thinking It Out Loud. It'll change your life. It'll do it. And every time you watch and listen, it'll change your life every day. Tune in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show every Tuesday at 8 p.m. with radio host Michael Nimmons. Available everywhere you listen to your podcast and now available for download on the Detroit Praise Network app. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy 
now available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. If you believe in social justice, if you believe that black lives matter, if you believe that voting will bring about a change in November, if you believe that Jesus Christ is king, then you need to be listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I'm radio host Michael Nemens, and if all of your answers are yes, then you need to join me Tuesdays at 8 p.m. on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, available everywhere you listen to your podcast, including michaelnemons.com. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. We are back on a great, I mean, a phenomenal edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I have somebody on the line today that is a tremendous figure uh, that I just cannot wait to uh, talk to uh, on tonight. Uh, you know, he is uh, someone I'm sure that, uh, you know, everybody knows. And uh, because of his uh, connection with um, an iconic, legendary figure in his father. But I want to give him a proper introduction before we get into his interview on tonight. Um, he is the eldest son of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And today he is the global human rights activist and chairman of the Drum Major Institute. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud radio show welcome to new friend of the show, Martin Luther King III. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you. I'm certainly honored to have the opportunity to share. You know, I want to start here. Um, what was it like? What is it like? Not what was it like? Because uh, we all know that Dr. King was assassinated. At, um, when he was assassinated, he was a very young man, but you were a very young child at the time. So this question really speaks to um, what is it like for you today being the, uh, the son of such an iconic and legendary figure as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So I look at it as a tremendous, uh, really blessing. Um, people sometimes choose to talk about, well, isn't it a, a burden? Mm. Um, and I, I've just always, you know, I think everything in life is your perspective. Um, if you engage and process things negatively, then you get negativity. But if you try to exhibit and exude positivity, that's what happens. And so, you know, you can look at the glasses half empty or, or half full. Right. Uh, no matter what the challenge is. Now, the reality is, you know, I've had an extraordinary uh, life. Uh, mm. So many opportunities that I shared with my father in a very short period of time. I was 10 years old when he was killed in 1968. And uh, of course I shared far more opportunities because I had uh, the ability, well, because my mother lived so much longer, uh, started the Martin Luther King Center for Nonviolent Social Change. Uh, worked very hard to get the Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Uh, Jr. Uh, national holiday. Uh, 
worked very hard to raise money to sustain the organization, raised the, the, my, uh, actually there are only three of us now, but there were four siblings. Right. Um, and just a host of other things that mother did throughout her life. Right. Uh, where I was able to learn from, uh, from, from her. I, I learned from dad, but I learned from dad mostly Through by her. listening to speeches and sermons uh, after he was deceased. Mm. If your dad were, were alive today, you know, I'm curious to know what would he say about the state of our country um, in the middle of the worst pandemic that we've ever been in our nation's history, um, coming off the heels of one of the worst presidencies in U.S. history, a uh, president who's taken the country in a direction that it may take decades for us to recover from and ironically preceded by two of the most transcendental, uh, one, well, transcendental figures in U.S. history, one of which is President Barack Obama, the first black president of the United States, and now the inauguration of the first vice president, female vice president, African-American, Asian Pacific vice president, and Kamala Harris. You know, I would love to get your thoughts on uh, what would he say about the state of our country with all that has happened and um and what would his what you do you think his thoughts would be and and of course we would like to know what yours are as well so i'm not really sure that any of us could um clearly enumerate what he would say um, right i can only speculate right uh but what i will say is that had he lived we would be on a totally different trajectory i agree had he lived and been able to complete the work that he started he wanted to eradicate what he called were the triple evils from our nation which are poverty racism and militarism, he said, uh, I sort of changed militarism to violence, the eradication of poverty, racism, and violence from our society. Right. Um, but if he just arrived and saw things as they were uh, today, he would be greatly disappointed in what had just, what had happened over the last four years, particularly. Right. Uh, be disappointed because uh, many in our nation four years ago didn't participate in the electoral process. And so it allowed the and the fact that, you know, a woman candidate was running Hillary Clinton and many people did not like her uh, for whatever reason, um, you know. But the fact of the matter um, is a lot of people did elect Donald Trump. And that that is very unfortunate because of what he chose to do. Right. He was a great divider. Um, he intentionally divided people consistently every day. He intentionally did things that w would have us feel that he was definitely a racist. 
side of the coin is he'd be very pleased that 81 million Americans came out and elected a new president with a new vision who had the foresight to put a black woman on his ticket, a black and Southeast Asian woman right. on his ticket, uh, with, to run with him. And he'd be so proud that Americans came together. That, you know, it's, it's uh, good, it's, it feel, felt like good triumphing over evil because there are those, while 75 million people don't, they may not think this way, but 81 million people thought at least we were going in the wrong direction. I don't, I don't, I, I, I guess tra- uh, characterizing it as good over evil was maybe strong, but that's certainly what it felt like. One thing you alluded to and uh, talking about the Republican party, if, if, if our country has been set back, I think, that the Republican Party has been set back as well. And we're uh, looking at possibly the dissolution or the destruction of the of the Republican Party because of this one man. And what's unfortunate is in looking at this, you don't see anyone standing up for the Republican Party and the family values and the morals and and the principles of the party that you know it used to have before they let this madman uh come into office and and that's the the, the, the strangest thing that's happened you know over these four years i think if they had someone with a spine that spoke up you know then maybe he would not have run roughshod in this country what are your thoughts well, I, th- I think so. I think that 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 he he was never held accountable by no, he wasn't party leadership. And as you as you say, I think the party is in deep stress. Right. Uh, you still have individuals who are extremists, and uh, you know, I I don't know that it it can recover, but I'm not sure that it it will because you've got all of this extremism and this fear. That the voters, I, I mean, you know, um, Lynn Cheney, who's the third, I think, um, congressperson on in the in House. Charge in, in the charge in the House, right. Republican mm-hmm. side. And they're trying to get rid of her now because she voted her conscience. She and 10 other congresspersons. Incredible. Republicans. Now, how sick is that? Right. That you are in your house. It, I mean, when you say it is really the people's house, the people's house, it's, right? It's where you reside and work, and people come in there with the intent to destroy it because the president told them to, and you think that's all right, right? And you're gonna <laughs> he should not be prosecuted. Something is wrong. Something is There's wrong. There's a serious disconnect. <laughs> and as I said, I I call it a sickness. These people are sick, mm. um, and, and in time. Some of it will be addressed one one way or the other. Um, you know, again, I don't know if they will convict President Trump. I hope that they do, but uh, nevertheless, you know, he something's going to happen in some of these even even the state of New York and New York City. Uh, those are some very strong charges that have been talked allegations that have been talked about, and so I think that there have been people who've been waiting, laying 
for Trump to go, to go after him when they could. I mean, this man uh, for years would get work done on various properties of his, particularly in New Jersey. And because he had a lot of money, uh, when people sued him for work that they did, he would just out, you know, outlast him in court. Right. Refuse to pay him. People end up going out of business. I mean, he just mistreated people. Now, some people who are slick think that that's that's a smart man. That's a good. No, you don't mistreat people. If people do work and they do honorable work, they should be paid. They should be paid. Right. This man did this to countless numbers of people. That's why it was hard for me to understand how someone who was so cruel could become the president of the United States. He never exhibited benevolence. If he had exhibited some benevolence, all he's ever shown is his care for himself. It's always about him. So how now are you all of a sudden interested in me when you've never demonstrated that you have an interest in anything but yourself, everything mm. that you've done in your life? Wow. But he was able to f scam and fool the masses of people. He mm -hmm. ran the biggest scam on this country than anybody has ever run. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Demiree Graphics. In need of a logo design for your business, then check out Demiree Graphics. Need flyers, business cards, t-shirts, or website for your business, then check out Demiree Graphics. The people at Demiree Graphics will get you right for your next business venture. They're professional, creative, courteous, and they get the job done right every time. Check out the team at Demiree Graphics. Give them a call today at 734 219 5266 Demiri Graphics bringing your imagination to life Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Thinking Out Loud swag is here. T-shirts, polos, hoodies, letterman's jackets, and even face masks. All priced affordably and in a variety of colors and sizes. Just visit michaelnimmons.com to purchase your favorite Thinking Out Loud radio show swag. Get yours today and rep the show out loud.
people have spoken. From Minneapolis, Minnesota to London, England. From New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. I know you're enjoying part one of our Black History Leaders Masterclass featuring global human rights advocate Martin Luther King III. Let's get back into this powerful and insightful interview. The kind of person he was going in. That's one thing that was consistent throughout his entire presidency and consistent throughout his entire life. There's he, he kept it no secret what kind of person he was. The people that I hold the most accountable for this is the 75 million people that voted for him uh, this election, and then those that voted for him. Uh, to re uh, the, those that voted for him initially uh, back in 2016, um, even more so those that voted to reelect him because after the four years that he had been president, what he, what had he done to deserve to be reelected? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you he has he has uh, in a few days, I believe it'll be 450 thousand deaths That's because right. of COVID 19 that that lay at his feet. These are, this is blood on his hands mm-hmm. and 13 or 14 million Americans that have, uh, you know, uh, have contact, uh, contracted COVID-19 because of his lack of leadership yeah. in the white house. And yet he was still able to get 75 million people, 74 million people to believe that he deserved another chance. Yep. That's right. And that is completely and utterly <laughs> remarkable yeah that's is. the biggest con con game like you said mm-hmm. he, that 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 uh that he's ever and then he walked out with uh a quarter of a million dollars yeah. a quarter of a billion dollars yeah. right a billion. that's right mm-hmm. yeah. this um, unbelievable but it says something about the disconnect with many americans and again here's my projection, not prediction. Mm-hmm. I do believe that if the president, that is President Biden and Vice President Harris, are able to get the pandemic under control and able to get a jobs program, i.e. Um, infrastructure, 
And when people are comfortable and feel like, okay, you know, I'm, I still have my views. I still want to elect a Republican, but you know, this president got me a good job and my children are going to be able to have jobs. I feel pretty good. You are less likely to get involved in some protesting if you have some stability. Mm -hmm. The economy is all messed up right now. So people are under undue stress. And right. when you're under stress, you do crazy things. So my point is, if we're able to get and create, if the president and the vice president are able to create a sense of normalcy, an economy that looks like it's growing, uh, opportunity so people can feed themselves and their families, you know, it doesn't mean all, but a significant number of those per people who voted for him, uh, that means Trump, um, you know, probably will say, well, maybe we need to give Biden a chance because the things that he said he was going to do, he's done. He's done. You know, they, they blame Democrats and they don't want the economy to work. Well, that doesn't even make sense. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. How do you label? There's no governor, no mayor who does not want their cities to work. Right. And want people to be engaged. But their number one priority is to keep people safe. Keep people. Exactly. So how, how do you get labeled something that just isn't true? So anyway, you knock the argument, the, the legs off of the argument that they said, particularly if you're able to get the economy back working, that's going to be very critical. Right. Right. I know you guys are enjoying our interview with this distinguished gentleman, the son of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Martin Luther King III. We're so happy to have him on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And we're going to continue our conversation with this great man on the other side of the break. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. All right. Well, this is our last segment. I have been enjoying myself, sir. I really appreciate it. I uh, hope I'm not keeping you. Uh, and uh, but we'll be wrapping up very soon. Okay. All right. Okay. We are back, guys, and I'm enjoying my conversation with this distinguished gentleman, Martin Luther King the Third. We're so happy to have him on the Thinking Out Loud radio show with us. He's been so gracious uh, to offer up his time uh, to talk about uh, what's been going on, not just um, uh, currently. But even what's ha what's what's what has happened in the past, and uh, and and even talking about and reflecting on the life of his sainted father, we're so happy again to have him on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And in this segment, I want to talk to you. You know, I interviewed Dr. Uh, Pinnell Joseph, author of the book The Sword and the Shield, and uh, you know, the book talked about the violent and nonviolent legacies of Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, and and I asked uh, Dr. Joseph, you know, why does it seem so hard for us to find that moral leader uh, like a Dr. King or even a Malcolm X? You know, leadership in the 1960s seemed more consolidated. And some would even say maybe even territorial because, you know, you were either a Muslim or you were in the civil rights movement. Um but leadership, um, leadership today seems more like a, a smorgasbord. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's more diverse in our community. So, you know, should we be looking for the next Martin Luther King or, or Malcolm X? Or is that kind of leader for the black community extinct? 
you know, or, 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 you know, or is that, or, or is there another leadership model that exists for our community? So I believe that we have leaders in a lot of genres. So we have leaders who are elected officials. Now this, it, it shouldn't, it's not necessarily in this order. I'm just, I just happen to be presenting it this way. Mm-hmm. We have leaders who are religious leaders. We have right. leaders who are business um, leaders. I mean, you know, I, I think of, um, gosh, I think of this business leader, uh, his last name is Smith, and I'm now I'm forgetting his first name, young, young brother that's probably not quite 60, mm-hmm. being there, the, the, the most wealthy African-American in the country. Oh, Robert Smith. Robert Smith. Bro, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Robert Smith just paid off. Right. Morehouse. Morehouse students, one class, one year. Right. And they all kind of think that's the tip of the iceberg of the things that this brother is doing Mm. uh, to make sure that black folk are exposed to capital, have access to capital. Right. So you've got you've got leaders in uh, the community, community leaders. So I don't know that we should be looking for a messiah. Um, maybe someone will emerge, but I would hope that we don't just focus. I think we need to focus in every area. We need, we need more entrepreneurship. We, we need job creators, business innovative. We got young brothers and sisters, innovative minds that are doing all kinds of things. And, and we don't even know about them. I and mean, we see the young sister just at the, at the, uh, inaugural. Uh, a young poet. Right. Amanda Gorman. And yes, Amanda Gorman. And there are thousands of them. So to me, we shouldn't be just looking for one. Mm. We should be looking at those and highlighting them. One of the things the pandemic showed, by the way, in my judgment, was all of a sudden the nation saw all of these black mayors, many of them females, every last one of them was sharp. Right. The men too. I mean, we we know we always knew it's black. Well, you know, my mayor, my mayor. But now the nation knows your mayor because mm-hmm. this crisis caused these mayors to have to be in front of uh, national television, national audiences. It's like there's all kind of talent in our community, and they're all kind of leaders, and yet we still have problems. And so the question becomes. How do we resolve some of these really difficult problems that are, are, are tearing at our, our community? Like, like the number of, of, of murders that happen uh, in our community, uh, homicides. Um, you know, how do we address y- y- these issues? And, you know, um, Victor Hugo used to say, wherever there is darkness, crimes will occur. But the guilty one is not merely he who commits the crime, but those who create the darkness. Mm. What I'm saying is when you create options and opportunities for people, many of these issues go away. But if you are in a scenario where there are no opportunities, where and this is not to justify crime or criminal behavior, this is just to say that we need to do, do, we do something about it. I mean, Dick Gregory used to say, you know, when you come into a dark environment, a lot of stuff you can't see, but you turn on the lights 
all the roaches come out and they start running. <laughs> that, that's the same way with life. I mean, you know, you turn, you got to shed light on things that are wrong and do something about it. Right. You, know, you create the best schools for everyone. When you create the best opportunities, the best healthcare, you know, essential workers who are making it possible for all of us to eat, um, who are stocking the shelf, they have probably the highest level of uh, catastrophes, not because they're doing something wrong. They're just doing their jobs. But many of us were able to sit at home and shelter. Mm. But those brothers and sisters had to be out there making sure that people could eat that all kind of things. And, and, and so they need to have the best health care on the planet. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Thinking Out Loud swag is here. T-shirts, polos, hoodies, letterman's jackets, and even face masks. All priced affordably and in a variety of colors and sizes. Just visit michaelnimmons.com to purchase your favorite Thinking Out Loud radio show swag. Get yours today and rep the show out loud. Award-winning journalist, Carolyn Clifford. As journalists, we just have to keep doing what we're doing day in and day out. All we can do is report the truth in a non-biased manner, and everything else will work itself out. Activist and thought leader, Marcia L. Dyson. Obviously not Nancy Pelosi because, again, because of social media, she said what she said, but that she's not going to be the ones who stopped uh, her colleagues from not only thinking out loud, but talking out loud, whoever they are, authentically. Pastor and intellectual, Dr. Frederick Haynes III. The black church, according to the uh, brilliant author and historian and scholar L.H. Welchel, he said the black church was born as a protest movement. Uh, That's the reason the black church came to be. And if we're going to be honest to uh, scripture, I mean, the church itself uh, came out protesting. It was a movement of prophetic witness uh, to, you know, the insurrection of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision 
endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Vision. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. I know you guys are enjoying part two of our Black History Leaders Masterclass featuring global advocate Martin Luther King III. Let's get back into this powerful and insightful interview. Totally agree with you. And 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 yes, you are right that that. Um, in fact, uh, Dr. Joseph answered the question more like, somewhat like you did, that that we shouldn't have a, a narrowed focus on finding one leader that everyone can look to, because uh, I'm sure that's a lot of pressure on that one person. And uh, but 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 it, but when we are able to uh, equally distribute or distribute that leadership throughout our community, that makes us all accountable. And I, I do agree with you. Um, that's a, a much better perspective. Um, uh, on that. And, you know, you mentioned something uh, in, in your talk about, you know, what can we do? And, you know, um, just recently we, uh, we, we marked the anniversary, I believe it was the 57th anniversary of the March on Washington. And uh, you were definitely one of the speakers there. It was organized by your good friend, Reverend uh, Al Sharpton. And, um, I wanted to I want to ask you, I mean, that was a very historic moment in in, in this country's history, uh, marking that that march and uh, what your dad was able to do there uh, in Washington. But I wanted to find out from you, what do you think that the, that, uh, the 57th anniversary, that that anniversary of that march, what do you think it accomplished? Well, I think it accomplished that Number one, we brought over 200,000 people just about to Washington. Mm. And it was a peaceful demonstration. Right. Um, it was in the middle of a pandemic. In the middle of a pandemic. All, everybody was masked. And so we didn't have any incidents of people uh, that I, we are aware of contracting the virus. Uh, but what it did was it helped galvanize and mobilize and inform people around the nation on the issue of voting as one issue. Um the reason, one of the reasons the president and the vice president, President Biden and Vice President Harris, were able to win was because that march was talking about these issues. Right. Talking about voting is something that, that I mean, we, we have no choice in this matter. You know, our lives do, do, do depend on it. I mean, one of the lines we talked about, I talked about, and I, I, it was interesting because I had a line in one of my speeches and later on I heard President Obama using the same line uh, in advertisement. So the, the, the point is we help to mobilize. Uh, we help to talk about the consciousness of uh, the George Floyd 
uh, Policing Act and the John Lewis Voter Registration Restoration Act. I think those bills, by the way, will be passed now because the Senate has a majority. Um, you know, uh, again, it was all about consciousness. And then my daughter, my, our daughter, my, my wife and I have a 12-year-old, and she was able to speak, and she said that, that you know, she used one of my father's quotes about this next phase of the movement is for genuine equality. Mm. And ironically, that's where we are. And she said that her generation was going to make sure that these things happened. Wow. That we, we do not turn back. We're not, we're not going to turn around. Now, my hope is that we're able to address these issues before. I mean, she's 12 years old, so it won't be long before she's an adult. But she's already engaged in activism. And there are a lot of young people young people in the Me Too movement, young people in Black Lives Matter, young people with the uh, Parkland students, the uh, March for Our Lives. Those, the young people are leading. They're coming together, and they're doing amazing things. And these are kids, many of them in high school and, ele- and some in elementary school. You got young Miss Flint. Young little kid that's probably, I don't know if she's, I don't know if she's 10 or 12 years or 10 years right, old. Right, right, right. Talking about the water crisis in Flint, Michigan. In Flint. And you've got young people all over. So you, again, you talk about leadership. It's there. You just have to open your eyes. You know, not you, but I mean, we just have to open our eyes and we'll see it. And, 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 and we need to follow because these young people are leading us to a better place where we as a nation ought to get. And they're not going backwards. So although it looks like progress has been stifled, and yes, it has been very difficult, um, we are moving forward Mm. as a nation, and the young people are the ones that are going to be leading us. Wow. Wow. I, I, that is, that's remarkable. And it's a great question, a great segue into my last question for you uh, on tonight, uh, as we get ready to uh, wrap this interview uh, with uh, Martin Luther King, the third, I'm sure you all enjoyed uh, listening to him and, uh, I, I certainly have as well, and I could talk to him for another hour, <laughs> but um, I understand he's very, very busy. But um, I, I want to know from you, um, what do you see the future of our country? You know, what, what, do, what do you think the future of our country looks like? We've talked about, you know, the past. We've talked about your father and, and what has happened, what, what happened then. And, and then we talk, we're talking about what happened now and, um, and, 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 and how we move from the challenges that we're currently facing. Um, but in your estimation, what does the future of our country look like? So I, I think the future is, is the, the best probably is yet to come. Mm. Particularly coming out of this phase right now, coming out of you know the last four years of being dark and desolate, right? And and being, uh, you know, I mean, the last four years theoretically could cause of have caused people to to have lost faith, particularly if if Trump had won. Mm. So, uh, wow. I just can't imagine. I, <laughs> I can't I'm either. Thankful to God. Ooh. Man was not allowed the people. People woke up. People woke oh, up. That was amazing because you could lose your faith. If this, I mean, we, I don't think I, we wouldn't have a democracy if this man had been reelected. I agree with you. Four years. I mean, we, we just, it would be a, 
a totalitarian, some some kind of almost a dictatorship. I mean, and that's that's we saw the people he wanted to embrace, you know, whether it was Kim, Kim Jong Un or whether it was, you know, Putin. I mean, you know, Erdogan and 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 um, oh gosh, <laughs> I mean, all of these kind of dictatorial like leaders. Right. That's who this man admires because he wanted to do that in the United States. Thank God it didn't happen. Uh, good prevails over evil. Right. But I, I'm really hopeful um, because, as I said, I, when I see the, the engagement of the young people, uh, whether it's, again, I'll go back and re-articulate or restate the students from Parkland, whether it's young kids who are involved with Black Lives Matter, um, you know, when we think about the fact that after the tragedy of George Floyd, every state in the United States had a demonstration. Many of those demonstrations were mostly white people because right. we didn't have blacks. Everybody, it seemed, was at least touched by this tragedy and said that, you know, this is wrong and should not happen, and we got to do something about it. There so were we protests have, even in Berlin, Germany. Yeah, well, well, wait a minute. Not just Berlin. I mean, all of Europe. All of Europe. So there right. were demonstrations in the United States. There were demonstrations all over Europe. There were demonstrations in Australia. There were demonstrations on the African continent. There were demonstrations in South America and demonstrations in Canada. So just about the whole world. Wow. I think there were some demonstrations in, in uh, some of the Asian nations and certainly in India, I, I believe. And also uh, it may have been some, I don't know about China and Japan. Man, but that's all amazing. The world, people were impacted by this Act, activity, action, this tragic action. And my point is that energy is not going anywhere. It's only going to go forward. Great. I am so hopeful. I am so excited about where, you know, this generation is going to lead us. And I'm, you know, I have a personal stake because uh, my daughter has chosen to be engaged in some level of leadership. And while she's 12 years old, she spoke at the march, uh, of course, uh, and she spoke at the march for our lives. And she said something very profound. Um, and when we tried to, when we found out two hours before the march for our lives that she was going to speak. Now, I just to give you a little history very quickly, and do some personal, um, absolutely, personal moment, absolutely. Uh, in 2016, we went to visit President Obama in the. White House, uh, we had visited probably, I don't know, 10, 15 times over the eight years that he'd been there. But we had never gone into the Oval Office for some reason to see the bust of dad. Mm. So they invited us in. It was actually Black History Month, the, the February of 216. And we wow. it was probably eight, maybe. And I, we said to Yolanda, Yolanda, you need to come up with a question for the president. I said, okay. Uh, she came up with a question and she asked him, Mr. President, what are you going to do about these guns? And he wow. gave her, started giving her a political answer. And she kept looking at him like, okay, um, when are you going to get to the real answer? So he kept, you know, pulling back and coming. <laughs> Finally, he came up with something that made her feel, okay, okay, that makes me feel a little better. Um, but again, she's eight years old. So when the March for Our Lives took place a year or so later, for her to get up and she said, my 
and of course, when she found out, she told us, I don't, I don't need your help, mom and dad. I know what I'm going to say. She said, my grandfather had a dream that his four little children would not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. She said, well, I have a dream too. And my dream is enough is enough. And wow. we must have a gun-free world. Wow. And I almost, I was like, wow. Cause that, you know, I would have talked about, oh yeah, we got to protect the second amendment. We got to make sure people have the right, but she went far beyond and put something in the universe, creating a gun, gun free world. world. That's profound. It so is. my only point is that Yolanda is just one young person. There are many out there who have ideas and who are willing to work with her and all of them are very interested in making the nation and world a better place for all of God's children. So I have great, great hope in the future, uh, even though we've gone through some very difficult, difficult times. Wow, what a way to, um, to, to, to put an exclamation point in a period on this great interview with this great man, Martin Luther King III. I am just so honored and humbled um, sir to have talked to you I'm getting a little emotional I thank you for um, <laughs> for um, the opportunity to talk to you and um, this is truly one of the high points of my uh, my life thank you sir for um, for being on the show with us Thank you. Let me collect my thoughts. Thank you. Oh, no. Thank you. Um, I have truly enjoyed talking to you. Um, and I know our listeners have as well. And uh, I thank you for your time and for all that you're doing and continuing to do to make our world a better place. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bless you. You're tuned in to the thinking. giving voice to issues that matter to you. Thinking Out Loud swag is here. T-shirts, polos, hoodies, letterman's jackets, and even face masks. All priced affordably and in a variety of colors and sizes. Just visit michaelnimmons.com to purchase your favorite Thinking Out Loud radio show swag. Get yours today and rep the show out loud. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you to believe. Who Told You That You Were Naked is a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights 
into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95, or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. What's cracking Planet Earth? It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemeth. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Listening to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. It's time, time, time for the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show thought, thought, thought of the Week. Tonight's thought of the week is taken from the eulogy of Malcolm X delivered by famed actor Ozzie Davis. Want to share that with you as we commemorate the assassination of Malcolm X. Take a listen. Here, at this final hour, in this quiet place, Harlem has come to bid farewell to one of its brightest hopes, extinguished now and gone from us forever. It is not in the memory of man that this beleaguered, unfortunate, but nonetheless proud community has found a braver, more gallant young champion than this Afro-American who lies before us, unconquered still. I say the word again as he would want me to, Afro-American. Afro-American Malcolm. Malcolm had stopped being Negro years ago. It had become too small, too puny, too weak a word for him. Malcolm was bigger than that. Malcolm had become an Afro-American, and he wanted so desperately that we, that all his people, would become Afro-Americans too. There are those who still consider it their duty as friends of the Negro people to tell us to revile him, to flee even from the presence of his memory, to save ourselves by writing him out of the history of our turbulent times. And we will smile. They will say that he is of hate, a fanatic, a racist, who can only bring evil to the cause for which you struggle. And we will answer and say unto them, did you ever talk to Brother Malcolm? 
Did you ever touch him or have him smile at you? Did you ever really listen to him? You haven't done the right thing. Was he ever himself associated with violence or any public disturbance? For if you did, you would know him. And if you knew him, you would know why we must honor him. Malcolm was our manhood, our living black manhood. This was his meaning to his people, and in honoring him, we honor the best in ourselves. However much we may have differed with him, or with each other about him and his value as a man, let his going from us serve only to bring us together now. Consigning these mortal remains to earth, the common mother of all, Secure in the knowledge that what we place in the ground is no more now a man, but a seed, which after the winter of our discontent will come forth again to meet us, and we shall know him then for what he was and is, a prince, our own black shining prince, who didn't hesitate to die because he loved us so. And so today, man. Such a powerful tribute to a powerful man. We commemorate and acknowledge the life of Malcolm X, El Haj, Malik El Shabazz. We certainly miss his eloquence, his brilliance, his consciousness, and uh, his authenticity on tonight as we remember the life and legacy of famed Muslim leader Malcolm X. Shouts out to global advocate and the eldest son of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Martin Luther King III, for being with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio show on tonight. We truly, truly appreciate him. You heard in our interview where we got a little emotional there. Uh, we were just uh, moved by him uh, talking about his young daughter, talking about the legacy of his iconic father, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and his mother, Coretta Scott King, was like, uh, I don't know, turning the pages of a history book as I listen to him relive some of the experiences and memories of his famed family, the King family. So uh, I, I, I continue to, to marvel in, uh, in, in this interview and I pinch myself because I'm able to say now that we have interviewed um, the, the, the son of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and so happy to have had him on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. That's right, guys. You don't know who we're going to be talking to next, so you just got to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. I'm telling you, do 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 yourself a favor. Don't cheat yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> and hit the subscribe button there. You won't miss an episode of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. But if you thought February was off the hook, then, you, then Women's History Month is going to be absolutely phenomenal. Our first guest, that's right, guys, drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> is none other than TV host, podcast host, journalist, and so much more. 
Jamel Hill. That's right, guys. I'm telling you, I'm hitting you guys with some heavy hitters in the month of uh, March. So, Jamel Hill is one of our featured uh, guests uh, for Women's History Month, and I can't wait to share this interview I had with this uh, brilliant young journalist on next week. So, uh, Jamel Hill is our next guest. So, we're going to be promoting that all this week coming. So, help us out, guys. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and share uh, our post on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter because we want everybody who can listen to listen to next week's show. She's got a lot of great things to share. We had a great interview. Shouts out to Jamel Hill uh, for being with us, and I can't wait to share this interview with you next week. Remember, we're going live in just a few minutes on Instagram. We're going to be talking about next week's guest. We're going to be talking about Judas and the Black Messiah, One Night in Miami, and a whole lot more. You don't want to miss it. Remember, follow us at TOL Radio Host MSN so you don't miss out on all of the fun. Lastly, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Your support helps us to increase our exposure across the world wide web. Well, well, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to tonight's show. We're getting ready to get out of here and jump on the live on Instagram. But before we do, always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Thinking Out Loud radio 